0: After last week's podcast recording Prasanna and I were conversing about how the recording went and we touched upon one aspect where what is the distinction between art and craft and I think we decided that let's bring that as our next conversation because art and craft in many contexts is considered as synonymous. They are the same thing and yet there is a difference between the two. Just to elaborate a little bit, Craft is something where production is done at mass. So let's say the tea that you have in Pullard, the earthen pots, is a person who is the person who is doing is a craftsperson and he or she is preparing that at mass, hundreds of them in a day. An artist, on the other hand, creates something with an earthenware, would be one of a kind, would be an output of a serious, deep inquiry about a topic or a theme and then the result probably is only on the display. Uh, But the podcast should not be just the distinction between these two, but what it means to us as humans eventually. So I think these are the two facets. Let's look at that. Welcome to 13. 13 is a podcast about being and creating. In this podcast, we acknowledge the mundane and celebrate the everyday. Here, we interact, read, and share our experiences with an intent to be and to create. Your hosts for today are Prasanna and myself, Shandesh. Let's get started.
1: So Shantish, as you rightly said that when it comes to the distinction between craft and art, we can check it in the dictionary or we can Google and see what is the difference between art and craft. And that, as you said, will give us a, a, a difference in the meanings of what exactly it means. But at a deeper level or to further distinguish how craft can be a part of art, or it can also be a part of just a product mass production, as we had discussed in the past about paintings or the cooler thing, which you said, and also uh, how maybe art and craft can uh, at times come together uh, or at uh, and at times it can be completely separate so uh, let us take one example which i think we also got as a feedback or you can say comment from our last week's podcast um, about art where one of the uh, listeners mentioned about how art helps liberating himself from uh, uh, his own thought process etc why because when it comes to art there is no limitation there is no boundary so he has mentioned a good example where he can draw a face and he said i can draw two eyes three eyes or four eyes or five eyes. there's no limitation like a mathematics two plus two has to be four you cannot say two plus two five but in art you can have three eyes for a person so the point is uh, the different abstract dimensions in which art can take is very specific or distinct to, to art whereas when it comes to craft it is not that the same thing same painting cannot be done in multiple ways or it can be mass produced but then the then then the then it becomes more like a production thing mechanical thing and technical thing when it comes to craft so uh, just to take one particular example I would like to give an example of a study which was done uh, two groups of around 50 each were asked to do Small pots, and uh, both the groups were given different instructions. One group was told that you focus on quantity, you make as many pots as you can make in a month's time, and the other group was told that you focus on quality and you make the best of best pots in a month's time. Of course, at the end of the month, the first group came up with many uh, more number of uh, uh, pots. They came up with some 500, 600 pots in a month and uh, they submitted it. Then the second group was focused on quality. They came up with very few like 30, 40 parts because they took time and all those things for qualitative measurement, understanding, definition, design, et cetera. And they came up with 30, uh, 40 parts. Now, after a month, both these products were mixed and they were judged by external teams without the knowledge of who has done what. And the result was fascinating. The best or the most selected parts came from the first group of people who were who focusing on quantity. And that's a very interesting, you can say, study and observation.
0: Just to kind of give another facet to that, that we were discussing right after our recording last week uh, about uh, some of the movies, uh, which are sort of mass production, uh, part of mass production, where the public enjoys, goes there, keep their brains at the home, go to the theater, watch it, unwind and come. And their purpose is to unwind. Uh, it's slapstick comedy or uh, something which is uh, made, but but that's that's something which got me also thinking about this aspect. That while once in a while everybody enjoys these movies, these movies are not posing a sort of a inquiry towards the society, towards the current situation, and therefore. They probably cannot be termed as art. Their craft is certainly on display, and on on the other side, films like uh, uh, the ones made by Ang Lee, let's say, Life of Pi, is makes you think a little deeper, make puts you into an uncomfortable situation, and the role is beyond just entertainment, which makes it distinguish slightly differently. But the point here is actually, I'm. Um, it also got me thinking after our conversation, Prasanna, that. Uh, we are trying to put art on a pedestal. Uh, the purpose is not comparison between art and craft. Of course, when you have 500 pots made by the group which is focusing on quantity and maybe 30 pots done by the group focusing on quality, based on probability ratio, it's highly likely that uh, the the ones top 10 may be selected are more going to be more from the quantity group, regardless of the focus not being on quality, it automatically comes because inadvertently when one is repeating that task over and over and over again, they are going to become perfectionists in that naturally. It's a natural progression. And that got me actually thinking that uh, do we put too much of weightage on art, uh, whereas art and craft are two sides of the same coin in a way where uh, both need to be there, both need to be present within a society to really take them through. Uh, One provides as a relief. The other pushes them into an uncomfortable zone. One uh, is easily accessible and the other is challenging. uh, And one has to go and find and access it. And then the onus is also on you to find the meaning of it. One is uh, something which you kind of uh, have a utilitarian value to it. The other is not necessarily utilitarian, feels almost it's only for the privileged, but it is doing the trick on everyone. And I think the coexistence is something which we should touch upon rather than create a distinction that one is better over the other.
1: Yeah, it is not about better. In fact, if you see, when it comes to craft, one has to do craft, whereas art happens. So uh, when I am... Now, just to give another example a few days back uh, and it will i will just go a little into the details of that because it was uh, on twitter someone had shared these lines from gulzar i will quickly read the, there are three couplets so the lines goes like din kuch aise guzarta hai koi jaise ehsaan utarta hai koi dil mein kuch yun sambhalta hu gham jaise zevar sambhalta hai koi aaina dekhkar tasalli hui humko is ghar mein janta hai koi now, of course, these are beautiful lines and the person who tweeted this had mentioned, how is there so much beauty in every line Gulzar writes? Okay, So on that, the response from my side was like, he writes every day. We read on some days deliberate practice with consistency, gives this quality. And of course it is Gulzar who is doing it. So that angle is there, that uh, uh, dimension is there, but the point is when you mentioned about doing practice regularly, there is this concept of deliberate practice, which is mm. to do iterations with a thought in that rather than I'm doing every day. There is also a thought of improvising, working on it consistently, making it better than the previous version, which may lead to art is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's a guaranteed formula to make art possible, Mm. but out of those 50, 20 pieces you create, one or two can be your art. And then out of those two, three art pieces, one can be your masterpiece. Mm. Now, I think
0: uh, what you said, uh, one point I differ. Uh, and and not agree on is that uh, this actually what you said as deliberate practice is a guaranteed formula for creating art and we've been and it's not the only formula, it's not the only way, that we have to clarify but it definitely works each time, every time and we have done a podcast on this about Riyaz when this film uh, disciples uh, Disciple The Disciple by Tamane which came up and that time we had done this conversation about reals. So the entire focus is therefore on deliberately practicing. But deliberate practicing here, deliberate is not compulsively or forcefully. Deliberate is setting an intention and then practicing. And that uh, is something which makes one to uh, like a sailor who eyeballs at the horizon two objects or two stars so that the Uh, ship goes Mm -hmm. in the right direction. A little deviation from that will take miles apart. Uh, Similarly, an artist needs to probably uh, keep that vision in the front and keep practicing through her or his craft continuously every day with that deliberation. And I think that makes it uh, important. But let's move from the artist's frame towards the perceiver's frame. Because what does art and craft have to offer to the perceiver, to the receiver let's just look at that
1: yeah so a receiver as you said is absolutely what matters for a receiver or the consumer or the audience is the end product so if i take performance art for example as we can also agree that acting is a form of art and i don't remember who has said this but a very famous person said and has been repeated several times by people like sriram lagu where they said that see that acting is a uh, is like a, one has to be an athlete philosopher to be an actor. One has to be an athlete philosopher. Athlete means the physical body of an athlete. So flexible, adaptable, movable, agile and philosopher at the same time. So at the thought level, thinking level, able to understand the larger scheme of things kind of thing. So when you see these two words, athlete as well as philosopher, again, coming back to the point of deliberate practice from our artist side. Now we will go to the audience side, but from our artist side, this can be part of their craft. And if you see several interviews I have been watching for when it comes to especially artists who come from, uh, who come from the drama background or the uh, theater background background rather. Yeah, so people from theater background have been using this word craft. So Mm. they create art, but they focus on their craft. So for the audience, I don't know whether it distinguishes because for them it is like, uh, again same point which you mentioned a few weeks back for some other context we had used Bhim Sen uh, uh, reference where he mentioned that he works on his weaknesses during his riyas and he performs the best or his strengths in front of the audience mm.
0: that's right but uh, it's not about again creating a distinction between what craft offers to the audience and what art offers to the uh, audience or rather the uh, receivers uh, it's about what these play a distinct role that, you know, uh, craft is something which is utilitarian, the kullard, therefore, the audience can have tea on the go, okay, you are on, on a train journey, you are bored, you are sleepy, or uh, you need to keep yourself alert, you get the tea, the purpose is served. But you want to savor the tea and you want to really cherish that and then you get it made out of a specific clay from a specific region in one part of the world and is crafted beautifully in such a manner that it crosses that threshold and becomes art. It it allows you to be in that moment. It allows you to really savor that moment. And that is when, for a conosier you kind of start getting... So that's a sort of a superficial example which I'm bringing to create a distinction between what roles these two play in our day-to-day lives. But fundamentally, when... You can appreciate these smaller aspects, even through craft. When you are able to simply appreciate the kullad as it is and really observe the painstaking journey the clay has taken from coming from a ground, being trampled over, over and over and over again to soften it. And then going through somebody's fingers to move and form that into this container and then get fired uh, and baked and then come to you. And then if you are having that tea in that, even that simple craft can be a savoring moment. It just allows you to really redefine your context completely. And I think that becomes really necessary and vital from my point of view.
1: Also, it, and it's a cliche, we keep saying that uh, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder or uh, as you use the correct word to appreciate. So one, if one is ready or willing to appreciate and is present what is happening, even the process of craft can be art for the audience. I have seen many carpenters when they are working. For me, it is art. I keep watching them. Mm. I don't mm. know. For them, it is like their everyday job of creating chairs or tables or whatever they are doing in their furniture at work. For them, it is their regular nine to six kind of a job. But when I'm sitting and watching there with a cup of tea, I am like lost. I don't remember the time. It's a kind of state of flow. So I don't even realize how much time has gone. And it's absolutely beautiful. I, I It's a, as much beautiful as maybe for someone going and watching an opera or a good play or whatever form of art it can be. So the for the art for the person. Now I'm calling him artist because for me, that person is artist, but otherwise he's just a craftsman or a craftsperson.
0: And I think that becomes vital for us to just simply observe in our day to day objects around that, whatever we are uh, uh, sort of consuming, but when we are consuming just with that sense of presence, sense of mindfulness, it allows us to cherish that. Uh, And it allows us to deepen its uh, meaning within
1: us. (laughs) One one more example which I remember. Uh, So normally we talk about art in a very grand or big events or big ways. So this another example which I remember is watching one person doing sponging on plaster. Now he was Mm. not building a Taj (laughs) Mahal. It was normal Mumbai building a wall plaster he had done. And on top, you know that, right? They do the sponging uh, to Mm. get those uh, texture on the wall, on the plaster wall. You can imagine the way the person was involved. I think even that, that matters because the kind of engagement, the kind of, I don't know what is the right word, dedication, devotion, I don't know, whatever you can say, but that also plays a very important part when you are watching that person doing that work, because you see that person completely lost in that activity. Maybe that also makes you lose your mind,
0: lose your mind, (laughs) (laughs) but. In this entire conversation, we started with the distinction between what art and craft means to each of us. We have then looked into the subject from the artist's point of view for half time of the conversation. But the moment we shifted and look at it from the receivers, the perceiver, the audience point of view, we start seeing that how even a simple craft, an act of craft can bring a profound impact rather than just utilitarian values within ourselves. It is therefore as much an onus of the user as it is of the creator, to really look at it from slightly deeper, from a slightly connected point of view, if we wish to create an impact, create a difference to our own life. And we have to then probably look at what it means in our day-to-day living, where can we then see craft? The moment we start this asking this question, we start seeing it in each and everything. I can see it on 10 things lying on my desk right now. that. The amount of craftsmanship which would have gone into it and which would have made it possible is tremendous. And I think that's what I would leave this conversation at. Any final thoughts, Prasanna?
1: No, I think I completely agree with you, Santesh. It is about being open to uh, the things around us and appreciating. And just to complete, uh, recently uh, you and I both discussed about this making of music for uh, Lal Singh Chatta, where they have captured the making process. Even that can be a f- for the audience, like who is appreciating it For even even that can be a part of art same way making of movies making of art if that even capture can become Mm. a piece of art
0: yeah and speaking of that Lalsing Chadda's uh, that one song uh, the making when you observe and see the process although it's just a part of the scratching the surface of that process but when you just know the context in which the music has happened in Panchagani and how the director and the producer and the lyricist and the musician, all are sitting together and conversing and trying to figure out. And when you then listen to that song, the song is heard differently. For our listeners, I'll definitely put the link of the making of this 8-10 minute Amir Khan's podcast in the description. Do check that out. And at that note, we complete our today's conversation. Thank you.